What's going on, everyone? It's your girl, Kristen R. Harris, and you are tuned in for another episode of God Put Me Up On Game. Hey, winners. Thank you guys so much for coming down to the winner's circle for spending some moments with me to get put up on this good, good game. Today's episode is going to be just a little bit different. And I think I've been saying that each week, but it just really um, is a testament to how this podcast does not belong to me. That's why it's called God Put Me Up On Game, because this is God's podcast. So I really leave room for the Holy Spirit to flow and to let me be used to to share the game in the way that he sees fit. And so today's episode, um, I'm going to share a story with you. And then after the story is going to go into a podcast interview. And I'll explain why as we get closer. But um, if you listened to last week's episode, Close Your Eyes and Trust Me, then you heard me reference that something happened that um, deeply hurt me. And I even got a little teary eyed and choked up on that the end of that episode. So if you missed that, you want to go back and take a listen. But I said that when the time was right, I would share exactly what happened. And <laughs> I did not know it would be this week, just one week later, but God has released me to share the story and the way that he orchestrated just even the the podcast interview and everything is just so beautifully done. Um, I, I just love God and I love the way that he does things. So I'm going to tell you a quick story about something that happened and how I was hurt behind it. And then we'll go into the podcast and I'll give you an introduction into the, the person who I'll be speaking with. But just know this this podcast episode may go a bit longer than we have gone in the past. And I was kind of worried about that. And I, I thank God again, just for the way he speaks, because Sunday at church, my pastor, Pastor Sam Hamstra, he said, you know, we got to stop worrying about time and just give the spirit, the Holy Spirit space and opportunity to move. So that's what I'm going to do here. So if you find yourself having to pause and come back to it, by all means, come back to it because this episode is one that is going to bless you as a mother. If you are a mother or even just a father, if you're a parent, this episode is really crucial um, just just to your, your parenthood. And even beyond that, if you are a child of a parent, all of us are, all of us have parents. If, if you grew up feeling like you didn't have a place or you didn't have a voice or you didn't really know how you fit in, this episode will be great for you as well. So the story goes a little something like this, like the head, head go. <laughs> Last Sunday. So no, it wouldn't have been last Sunday. It was actually Sunday, April the 28th. Um, I was invited to an event, beautiful event um, put on by the beautiful Sharice Payne. I'm going to shout her out because I want you guys to go follow her. She has an organization. It's called A Queen and Her Princess. She is a mother of a daughter and she does beautiful events each year 
so that mothers and daughters can get together and celebrate each other and honor each other and just really keep the the closeness of their bond together. So she does this this ball each year, and this year it was held on Sunday, April the 28th, and she was honoring four moms, and I was one of the moms that was being honored. And not only was she honoring the moms, but she was honoring the, the daughters too. So she honors the queens and their princesses. So to make a long story short, um, again, very beautiful event. It was very beautifully executed. Everything looked so nice. All the people in the room were beautiful. Just a really great vibe. And what should have been amazing for me actually turned out to be a pretty bad day. And I I think um, what made it even better worse for me was that I did not see it coming like the 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 devil got me and he got me good and I I had I I just missed it I was completely blindsided but um basically Sharice wanted each person and I hope she doesn't mind me mentioning her name but again I'm only saying her name because I want you guys to go follow her go find her on Instagram a, a queen and her princess and um, follow her in and support her organization because she's doing some amazing things and she's such a beautiful woman. But anyway, she wanted the moms who she was honoring to just say a few words to the other moms in the room. And then the, the, the princesses were to say some things about their mother. And so when it was my turn, I was actually the last mom to go. Um, one of the things that I said to the mothers in the room was to make sure that, that they keep the main thing the main thing. And what I meant by that, I told them was, you know, to make sure that while they're out here killing it in their careers and, you know, killing it in their relationships or whatever it is they want to do, building businesses, that they aren't forgetting that the most important job is at home. I specifically said you don't want to be a public success and a private failure. And that was it. And I think the other point I gave them was to give themselves some grace on this motherhood journey. So my babies got on the mic and my first baby went and she said, um, it's my youngest child. She said, I'm a great mom. I care for her, something to that effect. My middle daughter got on the mic and she said that um, I'm very hardworking and that's what she admires about me is my work ethic. And then my oldest child got on the mic and she said, well, me and my mom, we don't have a great relationship. Like my heart sank to the floor and I turned and I looked at her and I'm like, what? And she paused. And then because we're in front of people, I just say, you know what? Go ahead. Tell your truth with an emphasis on your because clearly that wasn't my truth. And I didn't even know it was her truth. And um, I don't even remember what she said after that, to be honest, because I just was like stuck in a matrix. Um, one, I was extremely embarrassed. She had got on this mic at this event, at a event that to honor me as a mom. And she says that we don't have a great relationship. She comes right behind my statement of, you know, making sure that things are great at home and not just in the streets. And she makes this, this very public statement that we don't have a great relationship. I'm hurt because in my mind, I think we have an amazing relationship. Um, we, we have been working really hard at this thing. 
I, I know I've been pouring into her. We, we just had a check in on Friday evening, two nights prior to that. So all of this is just really catching me off guard. I'm angry. I'm embarrassed. I'm humiliated. And imagine I have to go back onto the stage in front of this room full of people and keep my game face on because this is like near the beginning of the event. And I am like dying on the inside. I can't wait to get out of the room. And as I said, it was such an amazing event. I hate that that happened to me because it took the experience away from me and I couldn't even enjoy it. And so I leave the event and um I was so hurt. I was so angry. Again, humiliated, embarrassed, just a a slew of emotions. That night, Sunday night, I literally cried and cried and cried until my husband had to realize that I was really upset and he had to come and console me and talk to me and really tell me some things. And I will say one thing that he told me and I, and I, I really appreciated this, um, Well, you know what? I'll share that for another podcast. Stick a pin in that. I'll share that for another podcast because we can really get off into some deep stuff with that. But, um, you know, my husband had to console me and I I wasn't ready to really talk to my my daughter yet. And um, I had a lot of wise counsel in my ear saying, you know, don't let the enemy put this wedge between you and your daughter, because that's precisely what he he's seeking to do. And um you know, I I began to replay the events in my mind, trying to understand, like, how, how did this happen? Why, why did this happen? How did we get here? And I just really had no explanation other than it was the devil. And I'm not one of those people who gives the devil a, too much credit, you know, but I couldn't pinpoint anything because everything had been going so greatly for the both of us and in our relationship. And I just didn't understand what happened. And so when I finally was able to come to her and have a conversation, when I had calmed down, because I got to be honest with you, I was ready to choke this little girl. Um, But when I had calmed down and and I was able to have a conversation with her, what I heard in her in, in her voice and in her conversation was pain and not pain from a place of being hurt, but pain from a place of feeling like she didn't feel like she measured up or she doesn't feel like she belongs, you know. And so um, I had to to find a way to to deal with that. And, and, and we're finding ways to deal with that even as we speak. This, this is a process. But um, one of the biggest things that I heard from her was that, you know, it's is 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 it's hard for her because she is the oldest and um, she, she may be expected to do more. And right now she doesn't feel like she's living up to, to the more that she should be performing. And because she doesn't feel that way, um, she has her own insecurities. And in that moment, those insecurities flared up and they lashed out on me. And so even in her conversation, we talked after the event and I, I, you know, I'm like, do you really feel like we don't have a great relationship? And she's like, I don't think it's that. It's just that I don't feel like I, I, I'm like you. I don't have the, all the, all of the wonderful characteristics that you have. And so we're really trying to work through that and remind her that, you know, you're amazing. You, you're great all on your own. Like you don't have to be like me. And so that's been our, that's where we are now. And, and we're working through that process. But 
um, this episode. And I think in the future, I will share some some lessons that I've taken away from this whole ordeal, because there have been many. When I tell you, I realized that the, the enemy came for me because that was Sunday. And then Monday, that that following week, which was last week, there were so many things that had to happen. And if he could have kept me off my square and, and completely um, just overtaken by this situation, all of those things would have fallen apart. And it was so many important things that impacted so many other lives, not just mine. And so it's so many lessons that I took away from this situation that I will share in another podcast episode. But for this episode, I want to get into this conversation. And let me tell you about how this conversation came came about. So last week, I, I was scheduled to tape a podcast interview with St- evangelist Stephanie Rowell. And we were going to talk about uh, friendships and female relationships. And um, that was going to be like the basis of our podcast. And so we got on, it was actually last Wednesday, a week ago today, and we, we got on the podcast, on the recording, and we just, first we, we were catching up, you know, saying, hey, you know, because we know each other personally, saying, hey, catching up. And so she inquired about the event because she knew that I had been there. She knew nothing about what happened. And so I told her about the event and um, I told her what happened. And so <laughs> our conversation, just as two girlfriends would be on the phone, you know, it, it, it just began to flow. And before I knew it, um, Stephanie was dropping so many gems that I said, you know what, this is not just our conversation. This is the podcast. So, of course, I had to go in and edit out um, just our girl talk and our banter because there are some things that we could not air on the podcast publicly, they were private conversations, but the podcast will pick up from a place where, um, well, I, I thought it was suitable to share. And I, I think it's so amazing that it all happened the way that it did. And it happened when it did, because this is perfect. This is so perfect to, to come out as the, the episode before Mother's Day. So um, the next voice that you will hear will be um, Stephanie's, that of evangelist, evangelist Stephanie Rowell. And you will hear her story and um, how she helped me because she has a very relevant story and she could really relate to what my baby was dealing with as the oldest child, as a person in this, in this predicament. So I pray that this conversation blesses you and please moms and dads and whoever is listening, share this because I think that this conversation can really help someone else. To other people, like what what happened? We save mm-hmm, people from mm-hmm. that. That's what me and you do. We save people from all of this, and, mm-hmm. and then it happens to us. It just let us know that we're not exempt, and it lets us know that situations in our kids are mm-hmm, not as they portray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just I I want to encourage you because from what I know about you, I I immediately would have went into. She got an attitude problem yeah, and she needed a weapon. My friend said, my friend was that, at the back of the room. She said, I'm about to take her to the bathroom right now and beat her. Cause she, I'm like, I just can't. Yep. Why would she do this to me? 
Mm-hmm. So anybody that know you would have had those those thoughts. They wouldn't have said that. And here's the thing too. Um, sometimes it's not so much jealousy of our sisters. It's just that mm-hmm. I wish it was mm-hmm. me. So what does she do that hold her back? See, from... that's that's the thing. She just in her mind because even you know we, we we talked about her writing a book because the girl isn't a phenomenal writer like she can I mean and and the story that she wants to share is amazing but she started and she everything she she starts she stops now you know what Kristen she sounds like me and I'm gonna tell you why because I'm the oldest but all of my sisters launched businesses before me they did a lot. I was the only one that didn't graduate high school. And here's the truth. I'm the most creative, but my self-esteem held me back. I never thought I could finish anything. Well, how did you overcome that? I just did it. It wasn't a 12-step program. It is it was like I was scared out of my mind. And here's the thing. A lot of my early preaching stages within the last two years, I used preaching to overcome it because preaching was not based on my education. It was really all the Lord. And I had nothing else to fall back on, to be honest. I knew I was called to preach. I had nothing else to fall Mm -hmm. back on because what they could do, I felt like I couldn't do it. So, number one, I lacked my low self-esteem came from, number one, education, because I never finished school. Mm. And then when everybody else started doing stuff, it puts you in a position of, are you, am I even yeah. smart enough to do it? Because, you know, is anybody going to listen to me? Do I have the following that my sisters have? So it was, I wasn't ever jealous of my sisters. I would push them, yes, but that little inner me, I I wanted it to be me. So what would you say if if you were me and I was talking to Charisma, what would you say? I would tell her that I know it looks like that it's everybody else's fault, but I need you even at a young age to be accountable and to see where you fall in line. Everything that everybody else is doing, you can do it. You have to put your mind to it. I can't put your Mm -hmm. mind to it. I can only give you the push. I can give you the money. And and as a parent, that's what I'm doing. You don't have to worry about funding. You don't have to worry about working. All you have to do is just show me interest Mm -hmm. and follow through. I had bad follow through. And so when I said, okay, y'all, I'm going to start this business. Everybody was excited, but I never did it. Okay, y'all, I'm going to do this. Then everybody got semi-excited, but I never did it. Then I'm going to do this, y'all. Nobody said nothing. Y'all hating on me. Y'all don't like me. They don't want me to do nothing. No, it, that wasn't it. I never finished anything. Yeah. And she's going to have to learn how to push through and a lot of that too I think pressure it comes from being mm-hmm. the oldest because everybody, look, everybody looked 
to me and I'm going to tell you another thing my mama is a preacher a prayer warrior I always get compared to my mama how does that make you feel it puts too much pressure on me hmm. I don't like when somebody getting ready to call me up and if y'all heard her mama then y'all know what y'all finna get <laughs> <laughs> right, but I'm not right. my mom you know it it feels good and it looks good. It helps give me a push. But if I don't measure up, then But you what? know, it's really interesting because she said to me in that moment, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not like her or I'm not like you. And I'm, but I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be like you. But that's hard if she thinks that her sisters are like you. Yeah. That's hard. Because she feels like everybody has a part of you except mm-hmm. her. So it, it it's hard. Yeah. And even in even in moments where I felt like my mom wasn't pushing me. But I saw her pushing my sisters. But she probably was pushing you. See, what I can say is I have been pushing. But the problem is she doesn't she doesn't have to push herself. So I can only push you so far. You got to be able to self-start at some point. And I think a lot of it, that's what it is. See, when I hadn't been doing anything with myself, so it was easy for people to leave me out. It was easy for people to say, because my, my sisters are Nikki and Kiki, okay? So my mama is Dorothy. It's easy if I'm not doing nothing for people to say, okay, well, let's get Dorothy, mm-hmm. Nikki, and Kiki. Mm-hmm. How could you leave me out? When really, it wasn't that people were leaving me out. I just didn't finish anything. I didn't put myself on that scale with them. Yeah. You, yeah. Do, do it make so sense? You, you were really leaving yourself out. I was really mm-hmm. leaving myself out. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think counseling is mm-hmm. good. But I would really want her to talk to somebody who was in her shoes because being the oldest, that's already one in itself. Because you expect, I don't care what parents say, you expect more. I, out I of agree. Your I, I'm the oldest, and I feel like <clears throat> some things that that my sister, like she got, she just got a pass on. <laughs> like I would never get a pass on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, well, you you think she should talk to somebody in her shoes? Well, then hey, she should talk to you because it sounds like you are the person she has. Yeah, and listen, not just that. I'm expected to be the oldest. I'm expected to show um, more leadership skills. But here is the here is another problem. I told my mama, and I don't even know why we're going this way, because me and my mom literally had this out mm-hmm. last year. So this is very fresh to me. Um, I told her I felt like I was raised to be my sister's no. mother. Mm. And, you know, and I felt like I was raised to be your sister and not your daughter. You were, see, here's, here's the best way I could put it. And this is what I told her. You raised me to be a mama. 
<clears throat> and how how did that make you feel? Because I feel like I see a lot of parents who give their um their their children that responsibility when they are the oldest. D- does that make you resent your sisters? It did, but I couldn't because we were so close, and I did not want to tear that relationship up. I blamed mm-hmm. my mama. Mm-hmm. Cause it's easier for you to forgive yeah. me than the two of them. Yeah, and, and, and you don't want your sisters mad. So with sh- you. I because I'm the oldest, I cannot have my baby mm-hmm. sisters mad at me. So it turned into really, it's going to all come back on her because. I should have been proud of myself because half the stuff they did, mm-hmm. they did it because of me. They did it because I had to help them. But it was more so sometimes you push everybody else, Kristen, and you get left in the background. I always wanted to write this book called A Part of Me Died. So when are you going to write it? I, I don't know. But it was like my kids... You know, my husband, you know, I chose to be at home. And so my husband will have this great job to where he gets to talk to all kind of people. I don't. My kids are growing. They don't need me like they used to Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. You know, I helped my sister. I helped my sister and my brother build a church. So you help everybody else stand on all of these tall buildings and you be at the bottom waving. Mm. It just happened to her earlier. And I understand. I'm not I know what she did was wrong, but I promise to God I totally understand. She do she know she got a good relationship with you? Yeah, but she really thinks her sister's relationship with mm-hmm. you is better. Can she talk to you about anything? Yeah, but if she not doing nothing like her sisters and them, she does, she stands out and then she sinks in. You will have more time to talk about the other two girls because they've done more. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I don't think she would ever say like, oh, my mama don't love me. I could never use those words, but sometimes you unknowingly like give me a little stab in the heart and you twist the knife Mm -hmm. just a little bit and I don't think you I don't think my mom ever did anything intentionally to hurt me but I don't think she understood the magnitude of what I was going through now you got me crying I'm gonna hang up on you so I don't think she understood the magnitude of what I was going through or what I was feeling in certain situations of where I did not feel like I was capable of finishing anything. And so you see everybody else finish, you put yourself at a lower Mm -hmm. standard. When you put yourself at a lower standard, you have people that don't applaud mediocrity. Yeah. And so... The truth of the matter is, I wasn't getting the attention. I was getting, I was getting this kind of attention. What you going through? Okay, call Stephanie and ask her. 
Yeah. Oh, what what y'all need? Call Stephanie to see if she gonna cook. Cause I was raised to be a mother, so if I can call my sisters right now and be like, "Oh my God, me and Ernest is about to divorce," nothing is serious enough for them when it comes to me. Not that they don't love me, but girl, come on, stop playing. Come on, get with it. But now my sister can call me crying about her husband, and I'm a uh, honey. We finna mm-hmm. go in. Well, no, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. So. It's different with the oldest. Yeah. So what would you say to me as as the parent of the oldest who is finding herself who, who finds herself struggling to figure out where she fits in when when it, as her parent, as her mother, I'm telling her what I see in her. How do I get her to see it in herself? It's not that she don't see it in her in herself. I think sometimes as parents, if there is going to be that one child that you're going to have to hold their hand all the way. Um, a lot of people say, out of, out of your kid, who is your favorite kid? So here is always my answer. My favorite child is whoever needs me the most. So I had, I had three kids. Kia is my oldest. She's 24. Terrell is my second baby. He's 23. Trenton is my last baby. He was 13. Kristen, I can tell by the way my kids call my name who is the most neediest. So Kia is the oldest. If I'm in, I have a walk-in closet in my house. If I'm in my closet and Kia call me and I give her an answer, she has to, she'll be coming, she'll be in my room, but she don't have to mm-hmm. come in my closet. That means she'll take my answer only as far as she can mm-hmm. hear or see me. So she'll defy me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? My second son, I can tell him what to do from the basement. He'll carry it out even mm-hmm. if I don't watch him. But that baby got to see me. I have to keep eyes on him. When he asks me something, he going to come in my room and come in my closet to where I am <laughs> to look me in the eye. And so that means that with my daughter, I know she'll defy me. Mm-hmm. I have to see her through. I may, I may be able to trust my second oldest more than I can trust my first oldest without degrading her. Mm-hmm. from being the old. Yeah, I understand. Do that make sense? Even when I have to hold her hand all the way through. So what I hear you saying is hold her hand all the way through. You're going to have to get like whatever book she want to write. It may be, Kristen, that you're going to have to sit and write it with her. Now, you're only going to have to do it that one time because she's going to feel like she is on top of the world after she do it. And after the end, you ain't going to have to tell her nothing else. So you do know that this conversation is going to be edited and this is your podcast, just in case you did not know. <laughs> That's why I'm asking you these <laughs> questions. <laughs> because it's not, you know, I, I was going to tell the story on the podcast and I was like, well, God, when you give me the release, but this is perfect. Um, I, I appreciate your perspective. I, I had no idea that you were the oldest of three girls that that you um, struggled in this same area, but God did. That's why 
in his divine infinite wisdom we are on this phone mm-hmm. right now having this conversation right on the heels of this of this event um i think parenting is probably well you know i saw a question on facebook someone asked a question they said uh what do you think is harder marriage or parenting and Jeez, i said well i think that it's, it's seasons and cycles to both um, I've had some really hard parenting moments as this one right here. And I've had some really hard mm-hmm. marital moments. I thank God when they don't line up at the same time. Because <laughs> My God. Um, I, I would prefer for them to, you know, go in ebbs and flows and peaks and lows, highs and flow, highs and lows, however it goes. I, I would prefer for them to be that way as opposed to, you know, happening at the same time. But for you, do you think that marriage is harder than parenting or parenting is harder than marriage I think it's just on two different levels of how you look at it um marriage brings about flaws in Mm -hmm. me that sometimes you I, I never got to deal with as being single um so by being the oldest child and all the problems that I had being the oldest it led me to have problems in my marriage to telling my husband that he does not affirm mm-hmm. me enough. I was extra, I am extra needy. Um, where he may want to buy me something. No, I just need him to tell me I did a good job. I look good. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you, because of what you think you were missing. And, and it plays a part in, um, not achieving anything because even with in in my marriage I just started finishing Mm. things maybe three years ago Kristen so it's still new for me everything I did the one time that it looked like it was going wrong I stopped so it was he had to over push me and nobody Mm -hmm. wants to do that he had to over push me. You could do it. Okay. He told me that a million times. How many times do, you know, and then I look for affirmation other places. Wow. So I need 90 million confirmations before I do something. Do Do you still need 90 million confirmations? Sometimes but you're so, you know, and that's so funny for me to hear you say that because, you know, when I see you, I'm like, man, look at this powerful preaching woman of God and to know that you need that and it has taken me it has taken me to go and pray at somebody's event it has taken me three days to throw up from saying should I do this Wow. because when you struggle See, a lot of people have different levels of low self-esteem. I ain't never thought I was ugly. I, I'm too pretty to think I'm <laughs> But. <laughs> Which is what I tell my daughter. I I'm have, like, you uh, can't have low self-esteem. You're cute. Uh, What's wrong with you? you know? but, but here's the thing. That is not I the know, only form I of know. low self-esteem. I struggle with not being good yeah. enough. That's a struggle within itself. It's hard. Oh, my God. Just to 
if somebody say, hey, can you do a women's conference for me? I struggle with not asking them who else is on mm. the panel. Wow. And, you know, that's interesting because I met you on the panel. And, I, yep. you know, I'm sitting there thinking, how did I get on the panel with these people? <laughs> who who but see, that's what I was to thinking. sit there with these like, women? Please. The inside of me be boiling like, oh, God. They're like, if you say something that's good, see, here's here's what we want to admit. Here's what here's what us women who have a problem with thinking that we're good enough want to admit. I struggle mm-hmm. with competing. Because if I think I'm not good enough, the next thing I have yeah, to do so is Yeah, so now I got to one-up whatever you said. Mm-hmm. Now I have to one-up. So if I'm sitting on a panel with you and you say something good, I could be like, oh, that was good. But in my mind, I'm thinking about I have to be better. Not to embarrass you, but to let the people know mm-hmm. I'm here too. But here, but is it really for the people or is it for yourself? It's for myself. It's for myself because when you struggle with being good enough, the only things that help helps mm-hmm. you is applause. Wow. The only thing that helps me is applause. You did good. You did. So I'm just now phasing out of the don't nobody ever tell me I did a good job. I'm I'm just now phasing out of it. And it's hard because guess what? It's something that my mama can't help Mm -hmm. me with. It's something that my sisters cannot help me with. It's something that my husband cannot help me with. It's something that Stephanie had to get over of herself. And even to sum it all up, at the end of the day, it wasn't mm-hmm. my mama's fault. It wasn't my sister's fault. It was me and how I felt about myself. And then now, you know, you get into your groove. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh. Yeah, you're like, really I could have been doing this. Okay? Really, like, all this time I, I wasted. Been doing, exactly. I wasted so much time. I wasted so much time down in myself. All because of what I thought I lacked. And it picked up on the other end. So how would you say your faith has helped you on this journey? It was all a faith walk. Um, me and my husband wrote a book together from our marriage mini- marriage ministry perspective and that helped me because even though I was still struggling, it was still it was mm-hmm. still half him. My first thing launching was Chameleon. Um, Chameleon Enterprises I have when from uh, just helping women adapt to their purpose, helping women pull out who they really are and not being scared to be you. Um, there's only one you. Nobody else can be you. My favorite saying is be yourself because mm-hmm. everybody else is taken. And now I'm starting to build on it. Um, I did, I'm taking my pretty back last year and that was the biggest thing I've ever done in my life because it showed me wow I can do it and it was on my own my name only so it was all faith based I think without faith um, I wouldn't have been able to do anything It faith was the only thing that drove me because I knew it was God-given ideas. 
but I just didn't know if Stephanie had the capability to finish. So it was just faith that said, no, 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 no. You can do it. And guess what? You're going to have to work at it. Because the Bible does say faith without work is dead. I put in the work and my faith showed up. Beautiful. So speaking of the Bible, what's a scripture that you carry with you all the time? Like one of your favorites? Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Hmm. Why is that one of your favorites? Because it shows us in that scripture that God knows our expected end. He already has the end mapped out for us. And I think we're so scared to go through. See, we know what the beginning is and we know what the end is, but we don't Mm -hmm. like to work the middle. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. It's the process. But um, the end is not what grew me. It was Mm -hmm. the process that grew me. It's in the process that I found out who I was. It's in my uncomfortable state that I found out who I was. It's when uh, I feel stretched too far that I found out who I really am. I already know what the end is going to be. He he promised me that. But it's it's working. It's the ethic. You know, it's the moving that allows you to become who you really are. It allows you to adapt to your wow. purpose. I love it. Well, Stephanie... This unplanned conversation. <laughs> God, I hate you. God, I hate you. Unplanned conversation has been amazing. Well, you're the one who asked me about the event. Now, I got to go back through it and edit through this podcast, but uh, take out a few parts. Because <laughs> what, what made us go? Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's God. He knew. He knew. And, and I felt like it's so funny because I, I report, I recorded today's podcast. And I said on there, you know, I don't know when I'll share the story, but I know I'll share it because everything that I go through for the most part, as I shared on the podcast is my story, his glory. And there's, it it, it Mm -hmm. happens for a reason so that I can take it, I can grow from it and then I can grow and then I can share it and everybody else can grow. And I knew that that was going to be the case with this situation. I didn't know. So I guess this this is the thing, though. Here's what you got to ask yourself, too. Um, When it happened. Because now you're going to interview me. (laughs) Right. Because now I got to know as a mom now, when it happened, did your mind go back? Did you ever doubt that you maybe you haven't supported her? Not not intentional but did your mind ever go back that you said I could have done so here here here's a few things um I I have been in that place before where I've realized that I gotta pick up and 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 I gotta give her more because like you said you you know the child that you gotta pour into and they they need Mm -hmm. a little extra Mm -hmm. um and so there have been times but to be honest with you, there are a lot of times that I I do drop the ball because I am so um, I, I I operate at a very high level, high vibration, very high frequency, and so everything is for me. I I like to give you, teach you how to do it, show you how to do it, put the ball in your court, and let you do it. And sometimes, you know, I I throw her the ball, and then. You know, I walk away like, okay, girl, you know, I I showed you now dribble. I'll be back. 
and I come back and the ball is on the ground. Okay, so the ball didn't, she didn't dribble the ball. Right, so um, she didn't dribble the ball. And so what I had to realize is take responsibility and know that I pretty much dropped the ball because I walked away and she needs that hand holding. Um, One thing that a friend of mine did bring to my attention and I said, you know what, you're absolutely right. So we had to, at, at this particular event, we had to provide short bios for the children. And I sent in her bio and because she's not really active in anything, but one of the things that she loves to do and I really admire her for is read. Like she, that girl can read books and she, she comes and she tells you about the books she's read and she lights up, which I think is beautiful because more kids need to read. And um, so her bio said something to the effect of her curling up and reading a great book. And then of course her sister said that she had written a book. Mm-hmm. Her baby sister said that, I mean, Kai's was cute. It just says she believes in unicorns and rainbows and um, she she wants to be the next YouTube star. But what a friend of mine said was what you could have put in her bio is that she's an amazing prayer warrior. And I did not think that. I, I didn't even think about it, but she is. And I tell her all the time, you know, I affirm her in that. But it just even with that, I realized, you know, I do my prayer board project and I've been saying for the longest that I need to bring her in to make her a very integral part of that because I know she has that gifting. Um, mm. And so it's it, it's really about constantly um, feeding and encouraging and cultivating the things that you see in them. And then so w- what it did and not in that moment, because in that moment I was so angry and I was so right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about nothing. Like I'm, I'm just mad that you said this. I'm not mad at me. I'm mad at you. But mm-hmm. <laughs> after I was able to go back and process, I sat up and I thought about, and and I really have forgotten about this because I said the next time I did an event, I was going to have my baby to open us up in prayer. And so I had an event on Saturday that she could have done that, and I completely forgot about it. Um, and I had somebody else do it. And so it goes back to your point of you didn't really get past that until you were pushed into it and had to do it until you actually mm-hmm. did it. That's how you work through it by doing it and, and realizing because what would have happened after that event was over, everybody would have came up to have said, oh, my God, charisma, you know, she would have. Yeah, you know, she would have stolen the show. Yes. And so I you know, in the end, I can look back and say, man, I dropped the ball on that. And that's where I could have built her up. So now I'll be very more intentional about finding those opportunities where I can give her that moment so that it can feed that thing that's in her and it can ex- extinguish those lies that the enemy got set up in her mind that she's not good enough, that, that she doesn't measure up, that she doesn't have anything that's valuable. And then, I guess, too, because, like I said, I think everybody has that one child where you're going to have to kind of, you know, go in, you know, and do kind of not do everything for, but they're going to need a little more attention Mm -hmm. than the others. It's just because I hear people say this all the time. I treat all of my kids the same and I don't Mm -hmm. because 
I have three different kids mm-hmm. who need three different things at three different times. Mm-hmm. I got one daughter. She needs me on a whole nother level because she's the only girl. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got my son, 23. He'll need me differently than my 13-year-old son would need mm-hmm. me. And then, of course, because my 13-year-old son is the baby, he requires a little bit more attention than the two um, oldest ones. But I just think when I see a need, like I know, I noticed that my daughter is more responsible when it comes to her brothers, but not her. Mm-hmm. And so, when it comes to her business and what she needs to take care of, I I, I know that me and my husband have to walk her through every step. Mm-hmm. It may seem unorth- unorthodox because she's twenty four, but because I know what she can and can't do for herself, what, what we gonna yeah. do? You 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 step in and assume that. We step in and we assume that responsibility. And I think, you know, with charisma, she's just going to need you to hold her hand just a little bit longer than the other two. The other two, you make him, hey, throw them the ball and the ball going to bounce. But something has to, me as a mother, and, and, and then we can even dab into this. Because of how I felt as a child, I raised my kids differently mm-hmm. and it turned out to be wrong. Wow. I hurt them more than I helped them. Because I felt like I was left out all the time. I raised my kids to be so close to me that they couldn't do anything without me. Mm. That's a good point. And <laughs> here's the funny part, right? Me and my me and my daughter was invited to a mother daughter. Um, tea okay mm-hmm. and um, she said to me me and my mom have a good relationship but my mother stopped raising me at 16 hmm? well thank god she said it to you Mm-mm. no no oh. oh, it was there oh oh she said I raised them old enough to need me, but I didn't raise them past needing me. Oh. Here's the thing, though. I did that because of how I felt I was raised. When you overcompensate mm-hmm. in one area, you undercompensate yep. in the next. Every single time. You're right. I, did, I, I raised them to be so close to me. Here's my right hand to God. I did not let them go to college. Even if I had to leave my husband, I knew that it was just going to be me and my kids. Mm. Because I always felt like, even though I had it, I just felt like I didn't have that. Wow. So I overcompensated. Nope, you y'all only do this to me. You only talk to me. You tell me, and, and it was a lot. It was a lot where I they could have had growth moments, but I made it about me. Well, you still have a child in the home, so how how are you doing things a little differently with him? <laughs> so here's the thing: all of them are here. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so so um. I think I find myself um, saying that it's okay to discipline and they still love me. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
because how I overcompensated was I let them do what they wanted to do. And I didn't discipline them until it started to affect me. Right. Like if you didn't do what I say, not, not nobody else, not in school, but just if you didn't do what I say, mm-hmm. I would even take the discipline from my husband. Not to tell them they ain't have to listen to him, but I would over talk him. They don't, ain't got to do that. Oh, you too hard on them. I ain't have to do that. And that backfired because guess what? They still here, the two of them. <laughs> and they have no plans to move. <laughs> so that part, yep, I could have did that a lot different. Uh, one thing you said about, you know, knowing which child needs something. I think there are some cases where we got to understand that that may change along the process. Absolutely. And I think with with my oldest, because again, because she's the oldest and I'm the oldest and I knew how I was as the oldest. So I think I kind of pro- try to project who I was onto her. Um, mm. And I, I know that, you know, with my baby girl, she she requires so much coming into the world because of her health challenges that I had to pour everything that I had into, into her. her. And I, I think that just kind of continued to roll over, <laughs> you know. You never I, stopped. Mm-hmm, I never stopped. And and I could have stopped a long time ago because she doesn't even need all of that now. She, mm. you know, she she's able to function on her own. She's able, like, she she's a self-starter. She comes to me when she absolutely needs me because she wants to figure it out on her own first. And then she'll come to me. And so um, when I heard you say that, I said, man, you know, a long time ago, I could have flipped the switch off and went back to pouring majority of the energy over here. And I just want to applaud everybody who listens, who has multiple children. Like I think motherhood is hard, but motherhood with multiple children is a whole different beast because mm-hmm. you have to be something different for everybody. For everybody. And that's a for lot. For everybody. And, and 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 add this. You have to be something different for everybody at the same time. At the same time. Exactly. Yes. So I applaud every parent, every mother who is listening. I'm just my my advice to you is, and I said this at the event, ironically enough, the other thing I said was just give yourself some grace because mm-hmm. you're not going to get it right every single day. But in the moments when you realize that you dropped the ball, like I said, I dropped the ball because I gave her the ball and she dropped it. And I just left it there and came back and realized that the baby had dropped the ball. Um, In those moments when you realize that you dropped the ball, give yourself grace to continue this race, you know, learn from your mistakes and pick up and, and keep going. And, and it, it gets gets better each round. Every time it goes higher and higher and you learn, if you learn from the places where you, you made those hiccups, but don't get stuck there. Have some grace on yourself. Don't be too hard and know that this, this journey, this motherhood journey is one of the hardest things you ever going to have to do, but it is one, one of the most rewarding and mm-hmm. one of the most important jobs out here so and here's another piece of advice of that i would give to <clears throat> don't let people compare them 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because people will be like, oh, those two are doing this. Oh, okay. And then they'll jokingly ask. They may jokingly ask charisma. So what you going to do? Right. Or what you doing? Mm-hmm. No, that's... I, it makes me cringe because I've been there. I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting with them. I usually, when I've seen that, I try to shut it down. Um, I remember when they were younger, even down, and this was not with her because, so even with physical appearance, my, my middle baby looked different than the ba- the oldest and the youngest. And her hair is different. She Her hair isn't as long as her sister's. And she actually looks like me while the other two look like their dad. And so we would be out and people would say things about their physical. Oh, they, these two have such nice hair. Don't single them out. All three of them have nice hair. All three of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like don't do that. And I could never understand why people would, would single them out and say, Oh, this one is doing that. This one is doing this, but what about you? You know, so I I totally agree with that. Yeah, don't don't allow people to do that. And, and if and when they notice that you have to defend them on that level, then that makes them have a little issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some issues we're not going to be able to get past, but we can work through it. Yes, yes. So uh, I I just want to encourage you, and you know, just to bring back to your remembrance that. You know, parenting is not always getting it right. Sometimes you got to get it wrong to get it right. Yeah. But I just want to encourage you just because you know who you are and you know what you stand for. And just, girl, keep going. You got this. It's just going to take Look, Look, you got that one child that is just going to take a little bit more effort. We all got that, especially when it's multiple children. You have that one that is going to take a little bit more effort. But I, I just, I believe it's um, it's going to work out. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate this conversation, Stephanie. Um, tell us how we can connect with you. Because, look, we had off our own conversation. How can we? We had, yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I have my own website, stephanierow.com. And um, everything I do, uh, every time I'm preaching, every event that I that I have, um, website, my next event is going to be lipstick and it's going to be June 29th I cannot wait registration 12th so we'll have more details about that so yeah but find me on Facebook Instagram uh, Periscope uh, what else uh, Twitter I'm all under the same name Stephanie so your last Rao. name for them R-O-W-E-L-L well, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming down to the winner's circle. I appreciate your wisdom and your um, transparency in sharing your story. And I'm sure the winners who are listening, they appreciate it too. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to God Put Me Up On Game. Until next time, Kristen R. Harris, and I'm out. Bye. <laughs>